and welcome back to NetAffinity's Partner Podcast Series. My name is Niall and I'm the Partnerships Manager here at NetAffinity. The purpose of this podcast is to educate, share and meet our international partners that we work closely with and to talk all things hotels from technology, revenue management, marketing and distribution. Our next guest on the Partner Podcast Series is Fiona Gillen, who is the VP of Marketing at the Hotels Network. Good morning, Fiona, and welcome to the NetAffinity Partner Podcast Series. Good morning. Lovely to be here, and thanks so much for inviting me to join you today. Interesting, Fiona, because people might hear with the tint of your accent. Uh, <laughs> although you're joining us from, from Barcelona, you're originally from Ballymoney in, in Northern Ireland. That's right. But I left there over 25 years ago um, and I've been living in all different countries and been in, in Spain for the past 15 years, but still feel very Irish. And it's been so tough not being able to go home. I haven't been home since Christmas. So it's, um, I'm looking forward for the borders reopening soon, hopefully. <laughs> the accent has never left you, most importantly. <laughs> no. Fiona, if I guess if I bring you back to the very start of the, the Hotels Network story, and I suppose I asked you to tell us a little bit about the company itself, and I suppose maybe the journey yourself with Hotels Network and maybe what your experience is like. Yeah, well, I've worked in, in marketing for over 20 years, and the majority of that in, in hospitality, uh, starting with the, in the OTAs, and then uh, I moved to Review Pro for five years, which is all around online reputation. And uh, I'd actually known the, the founder of the Hotels Network, uh, Juan Juan Rodriguez, for, for many years in Spain. He was I'd seen, followed his project, and I believed a lot in his vision. And so uh, a few years ago, he, he said, would you join, would you join us and, and help us move this forward? And so I've I did that and never looked back. I think he believed very much in the fact that technology, the big players had all these technological tools and he sort of believed that there was no reason why the, the hotels and the hotel chains and even independent hotels couldn't benefit from the same kind of technology that the, the big OTAs were using. And so he was trying to give um, the power back to the, the hotel so they could drive their, their direct channel. Yeah, it was interesting. I remember when I saw the Hotels Network for the first time, which I guess has already come up a few years ago at this point. I'd never seen that type of personalization previously. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was really kind of, I suppose at the time, it was really, it was obviously very, very innovative and the added value it was going to bring to our hotels was significant. So it was, it was interesting to see how one whole thought outside the box of, of that little extra guest experience. Uh, I think everyone, I mean, everyone says hospitality is personal. And, but I think a lot of people or hoteliers, when they think about personalization, they think about personalization on stay at the property. So uh, we know this guest's favorite newspaper is the Financial Times. And so it's ready for them when they arrive in their, their bedroom. What we were saying is that hospitality is personal, but the whole experience starts right at the beginning of their, when they're searching for hotel. And so it's just as important to personalize that online booking experience as it is to personalize their, their experience when, when they're on site. Yeah, and definitely some of the elements where the, I think was the website messaging, I think attracted me the most on the basis that obviously you can personalize the website messaging based into different languages, based on where that specific customer might be searching from. Um, because potentially the feedback from a US guest may be different to a German guest, but the German feedback more, might be more relevant to a German customer rather than the, the US DS feedback. Totally. And obviously you can, you can personalize the, the content to make it more relevant for somebody based on where they're coming from or whatever, but it can be, I mean, I think we have over a hundred different ways you can segment. So, it, I mean, it could be, we can detect that 
this person searching for a room for two adults and two kids. And so you maybe want to show them that you've got a kids club or you have offer babysitting services or something like this. But if somebody is uh, looking for a room for just two adults, the last thing you want to do is show them your kids friendly hotel and you, you want to maybe promote more your, your restaurant and your romantic dinners and um, whatever. So there's all different ways you can, you can segment and target what you're, what you're showing to the guests just to make it relevant for them so that they feel whenever they arrive on the hotel's website that, okay, this, this is what I'm looking for and this suits my needs. So I suppose about the hotel's networks operation, obviously you yourself, you're based, you're based in Barcelona. How global is, is the company itself, obviously, based on its client base? Yeah, so we're, yeah, the headquarters are based in Barcelona, but we have teams in, I don't know, I think nine, seven or eight markets around the world. And we work with hotels, yeah, I think it's almost 100 countries now in Asia, North America, Latin, we're very, very big client base there and obviously Europe as well. Our team's very international, all different languages, all different cultures, which makes it a really rich environment to, to work in and to, to work with our hotels and also with international teams. So it's, uh, I've always worked abroad, and so I find it, it's one of the things I love about, about the job. From, from your own past experience, um, I suppose prior to your time in the Hotels Network, how comparative have your, I suppose, your, your skills been to evolve into, I suppose, a large-scale technology company startup, I suppose? Review Pro, it wasn't in such a startup stage whenever I joined it. But I, and I guess that's where I learned a lot about the content marketing because in Review Pro, they also believed a lot in the importance of not having to, a commercial approach, but rather an educational approach and educating the industry and the importance of, of online reputation. And this is what I've um, transferred those skills over here. And we, all our marketing is basically based around um, content marketing and, and doing webinars and sharing best practices and, and blog posts, giving hotels ideas and explaining the importance of personalization and giving examples of how other hotels are using it to improve their results. And so this, this is what um, I've always focused my, my marketing on rather than, than sort of ads on, on LinkedIn or something. Yeah, I definitely think it's an added value for, for when you're working with hotels, for technology companies to, pr- to provide that additional kind of educational platform to their hotels. So obviously not only support them with their, with their technology solution, but also that additional kind of, I suppose, top level stats of what's working, what's not working, the improvement. Training and support and no, no, no. It, it's really critical. And we've seen that in, I think, in the first few weeks of the crisis, I think engagement with our tool and usage of our, the THN tool increased by over 120% because um, our tools let the hotels update their website in real time. And because the situation was, was changing, you know, so rapidly on a daily basis, if not on an hourly basis, they were suddenly having to go in on a daily basis and say, okay, you know, this property is closing. Um, this, you know, this property is now going to reopen. These are the health and safety um, measures that we've put in place. And so whereas we were sort of expecting a drop off of the usage of the tool, it was actually surprising to see it was, it was the opposite and that the, our clients were even more engaged than usual because it was such a useful platform for them to have given this, you know, the current situation being needing to um, update their website on the fly, basically. Yeah, and it was funny, we were looking at a stat maybe kind of six or eight weeks ago at this point, but I think one of the largest searches at Google at the time um, in Ireland and the UK is when our hotel is reopening. Yeah. So it was definitely, I think, in people's thought pattern um, that the first thing they wanted to do post-lockdown was have a, a hotel experience and maybe go and sleep in a Definitely. Bed and eat somewhere else rather than, than cooking for themselves. But I think it shows, though, that, you know, 
if people are going into routine, do they want, they do want to break that routine afterwards. Um, and unfortunately, I guess the way COVID-19 has fallen on a, on a time scale, it's kind of led in obviously to a summer period when people would primarily travel internationally, obviously based on exactly. school yeah. holidays and such. So I guess people now at the moment are more focused on the staycation element and, and that kind of, I suppose, servicing from, from hotels. So, so Fiona, obviously for yourself, based in, in Barcelona, this was during this COVID-19 experience, how has Spain been itself um, and obviously your own kind of personal experience through this? Yeah, Spain, as you know, we got really badly hit by the, the crisis and a huge volume of, of cases. So the lockdown had to be pretty extreme to, to try and, and get the, the situation under control again. And so we weren't allowed to leave the house pretty much for, for six weeks. Our kids weren't allowed to leave the house for six weeks. And yeah, so it's been, it's been pretty intense trying to, to juggle homeschooling and working full time and, and everything. But it's also been very interesting to get to know your kids and how they learn and, in a different way. Um, and things like this and I think then from the hotel's point of view yeah again they were all shut down uh, very rapidly apart from um, opening some rooms for uh, healthcare workers and specific cases like that but the at least what's been good here is that there's been quite clear guidelines about reopening dates there's been guidelines um, about health and safety measures that they should be following and so I think at least the hotels here have been able to, to plan for their reopening strategy and at which point it makes sense. So I think the industry here in Spain has given them quite a lot of guidance on what's going to happen. And so um, that's been easier than maybe for hotels in, in England today, for example, where it's not so clear what the situation is. What's the typical psychology of a, of a Spanish hotel, Fiona? Is it, is it different um, to any other based on the large amount of inbound tourism and how they might recover? Yeah, I think it depends a lot on the on the destination because if you something's very different from Madrid hotel compared to, for example, in Mallorca. So Mallorca, where basically all their tourists are coming in from the UK, huge percentage coming from Germany. And so until the borders are open, until those flights can come in again, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to recover. But as soon as the flights do open up, Madrid will be in a totally different situation. They don't have such a high percentage of international tourism travel a lot more business travel so maybe in the long run it might even be more hard for them to recover because business travel we know is going to be one of the slowest segments to recover mm -hmm. so i think it depends very much so on the the destination and the type of is it, is it a resort is it um is it a city hotel it's probably i suppose re, re it almost re-energizes a company to come together once again i suppose when we've all kind of been through the same experience which we which we probably have and i suppose we have a small bit maybe more understanding and support for our local businesses maybe more so than we would have had previously and i'm definitely someone now who probably is more conscious of trying to to buy locally and and where we source things um versus maybe what we would have done previously and even over the past totally week, we've started to, to buy um, fresh vegetables from, from a local farmer who, who's basically had so much stock that he hasn't been, typically he would be selling his stock in country markets, but it, the country markets haven't been taking place. So instead of having yeah. markets, you, you kind of have a little time spot and that you call in advance and you can go and pick up the, the vegetables, Fabulous. Yep. which is a, which is a nice, interesting experience. And then, we also have actually, in our time as well, we've actually brought chickens into the into the house. They're they're on property now, so <laughs> we have uh, daily fresh fresh eggs sourcing in. So fabulous! It's it's just kind of different experiences, I suppose, that people people are going through. 
Have you seen a type of recovery strategy from Spanish hotels in what they're trying to, I suppose, try and rebuild business again? I think it's been very similar in a lot of the markets where it's the domestic recovery is, is what we've seen first. So we sort of, we, we're following the direct booking stats on all the different markets around the world. And, and we, we also split that into um, international traffic and, and domestic traffic. And we've clearly seen that it's the domestic, that um, there was a huge drop off in, in March. And then it sort of was flat, unfortunately, for many weeks. And then as hotels started to reopen, the domestic traffic and, and bookings have come back. And then gradually the international ones are slowly starting to come back. So I think the, the strategy for, for Spanish hotels in the short term was to focus on their domestic market, which they probably hadn't done so, so much in the past, and um, to think about staycations, think about different services they could offer them, you know, even things like taking, you know, take away at their restaurants or, um, you know, offering their room as a, as a home-based office, you know, when people wanted to get a bit of quietness away from the kids bursting in in their their podcast and so they're yeah they've been trying I think to I think everyone has to reinvent themselves and take a step back and and analyze what's what's going on and saying okay my key markets and my key target audience historically has been this but they're not there today so what are the new opportunities I can look for what are the new markets I can appeal to and how can I how can I adapt my my strategy. Yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity for hotels to be a bit more creative as well and, and think outside the box of, of what they want to do and try and create some unique um, packages for themselves. I was speaking with a hotel yesterday and he's kind of created a two-night package um, with his hotel sits on a golf course. So what they've done is they've kind of a stay-and-play package, but the person who's staying can actually play unlimited amount of golf whilst they're there. So it could be quite a good attraction for... For, for a family potentially to come in and they have, you know, they have, they have facilities there for children, which it's, which they can, I suppose, play safely as, as required at the moment, but, and then maybe give the mum and dad an opportunity potentially to go and play golf in another, another spectrum to stay. So I guess it's just trying to find the right balance for everyone. But um, I think what we were speaking about previously as well is trying to keep the rate where it was initially, I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to be a rate-sensitive market and people won't be as rate-sensitive as they would have been previously. So I think it's about keeping the hotel on the right strategy going forward um, and definitely kind of keep it what they were doing previously, but maybe just, as we said, re-event and what, and what, they, what they plan to do in the future. We've seen some of our hotels being really creative from a marketing point of view and the sort of campaigns they're doing. There's a lovely idea. Um, it was a hotel in, in Vienna. And um, they always hosted lots of concerts, but they, they couldn't because of the social distancing rules. And so they, they arranged a classical music concert in the courtyard of the hotel. And then they sold tickets because all the hotel bedrooms looked out over onto the courtyard. And then they sold tickets for the concert tickets. So people would come to the bedroom to watch the concert out the window and they had room service of champagne and whatever it was. And then they upsold so that some of them stayed on and, and took the room as well, but some just came for the concert and left. And I think they sold out within 48 hours. It was such a, a huge success. And then what they did, um, they um, had like an email capture, a little, a little form, which is one of the, the tools we give them. And then they said, okay, this is sold out, but you know, give us your email address and we'll keep you updated about concerts in the future. Um, and different offers and, and packages going on, which worked really well for them. But I think that's something they would never have done in the past. And just given the situation, they're forced to think outside the box and come up with new ideas. And so I think that's a really positive thing that's come out of all this. Yeah, because one of the conversations we had a few weeks ago was with, um, was with Will House from Revenate. And we were kind of speaking about the power of a, of a CRM solution 
And I suppose if a hotel has one at the moment, the advantages they can use from sourcing their sourcing their data and able to look specifically at their at their Irish data in, in this case and look at kind of maybe guests who are in a specific range um, based on their address or location um, that might be most suitable for certain types of stay. So um, I guess quite similar to the concert and, you know, they're re-attracting the audience back to them. Um, maybe they didn't get tickets for the first concert, but they, they will for the second one if, it's, if it doesn't sell out as quickly. But, yeah, yeah. Because um, I think email capture is really critical today because we've seen that traffic is coming back quite well, but mm-hmm. the actual number of bookings hasn't recovered quite so well yet. So people are interested, you know, they're starting to dream again about their next vacation and they're definitely looking and searching, but they're just maybe not sure yet exactly are the flights going to be cancelled, are the borders going to be open, are they going to remove the quarantine restrictions and they're maybe not quite ready to book. So it's fantastic if you don't get that direct conversion, at least you can get a different type of conversion, which is to get their email and to, you know, build up your marketing database for um, you know, nurturing them and communicating with them, engaging with them, and hopefully get a, a, a direct booking from them a few weeks or a few months down the line. How have the company, I suppose the hotel has adapted, in, it adapted into the environment? Has there been some positive impacts internally for yourselves? I think one of the really positive things was that we focused very much on working with our hotel clients to see how they could use, because we were convinced that our tool was really valuable for them even more so than usual in this situation. And so we focused really on working with them and sharing best practices and having you know, optimization calls, literally going through all our clients. And as I mentioned earlier, we saw an increase in the, the usage of the tool. For us, we sort of realized how important it was to get, to have the hotels engaged with the tool because the more they use the tool, the more value they get from it, the more results they see from it. And then that's, a, you know, their success is our success. It's a win-win situation for everybody because they're happy and they see good results. And then obviously then there's, there's more chance that we continue to work with them and, and build that relationship moving forward. So I think that was something that came out really positive and something we'll definitely continue to focus on even more in the future. And then also from a product development point of view, we, um, it's, it's one of the advantages of being a startup. You can be much more flexible. And so you know, your product planning, we basically just put that to the side and sort of listen to the new challenges that they were facing and then focus the teams. We just switch them over and we focus them on to developing new features um, new functionalities that would help the hotels today and in, in what they they need today and not something that maybe they didn't need a few months ago but suddenly has come become important for them so I think those are the yeah product development and the 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 support and best practices were the two areas that we really focused on yeah it's it's definitely been a learning experience as well because we we will we have made adjustments ourselves um, I suppose in, in our technology trying to um, even within booking engine messaging ourselves and obviously not everyone was aware of the reopening dates, closure dates. So it was trying to accommodate that people were, were searching forward and what they were looking for. It was, it was definitely in like a, a good product development assessment period for us um, and what we want to do going forward as well. And I, I think it's, it gives the company internally as well an opportunity to to refine certain elements as well that we need uh, of course, yeah. improvement as always. Um, I suppose if I look at a plan for something like Hotels Network for the rest of the year going forward in 2021, with the markets and hotels that you're working with, where do you see yourselves evolving into? Um, well, I, I think we talked about it earlier, but we recently raised uh, 10 million euros in investment funding round. So we've been, we're sort of really excited about the future and, happy that we 
we'll be able to use these funds to support so not only our, our existing clients, but in the long term, but also sort of the recovery of the, the industry as a whole. And so we're sort of going to use those funds and put our hearts and soul into finding solutions for the new challenges that the hotels are facing today. And, you know, trying to innovate and reiterate and trying to create something totally new. So not just coming up with a better version of, of something and technology that already exists, but really try to come up with, with new technology that will really change the way that the hotels work. Uh, mm. So our focus and, and targets is definitely going to be around uh, innovation and, and product development. And if I, if I ask you one final bold question, um, which, which I usually do, is <laughs> make a, a, a bold prediction for, for 2021 and I suppose where, where you see us maybe 12 months down the line. Well, for me, I see 2021 as a year of the direct channel growth. If we think about it, the last decade, online bookings have been totally dominated by the, the big OTAs and, the, and third-party bookings. And I think we sort of got almost in, into a rut and we sort of accepted this as a situation and this is just the way it is. There's very few people who felt that they could compete with these giants. And I think that as today, hotels are having to recreate and reconsider their distribution strategy from, from scratch, basically, and starting from a blank page. And I think now is the time for them to take that step back. It's exactly the same as what we did in our company and as you did yourselves. And to, to have um, a way to try and achieve a healthier channel mix and um, take back that direct relationship with guests, which is so critical. And I think today guests are very cautious. So they want to know, you know, what health and safety measures are being put in place at the hotel. They want to know the details. They want to be able to feel safe. And, and this kind of information is not available on the OTA's static hotel descriptions. And so the, the guests are going to have to go onto the hotel's home website to get the latest up-to-date information. And so I think this is a real opportunity to then personalize their website experience, to get them engaged and, and feel reassured and clinch that elusive direct booking that, that's so sought after by everyone. So for yeah, me, it's, it's the year of the direct channel growth. Yeah, it's interesting because we had um, we did a webinar recently where we had a, a survey, and one of the questions asked is, "What has the impact on OTA bookings been like?" Um, I suppose since the start of COVID nineteen, um, but actually forty seven percent of hoteliers on the survey said there's been a decline in OTA bookings, um, which which is interesting to see. So we might see that hopefully comes to fruition um, and the growth in direct bookings um, will also from Revenate had, had made the prediction that 2021 will be the fall of booking.com. So <laughs> that's a tough so, one. That's, a, that's yeah. a more difficult one. Yeah. That was as bold as, as, as he went on the, on the podcast, but <laughs> you want to really appreciate your time in, in joining us as well. Um, and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to welcome you back to to Ireland, Northern Ireland. The Emerald Isle, I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you so much for the, for the invitation. It's been great to chat as always. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Fiona.